Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. This week we're going to be uh, finishing, finishing up a, a series that we've been doing called Fresh Start. And in this series, what we've been saying is this, that, that life is really about uh, starting over, right, and fresh starts in, in life. I mean, there's, you know, we have new beginnings, really. There's new beginnings in our jobs uh, as we go from job to job and things. There's, there's new beginnings in relationship. There's new beginning in, uh, in sometimes we move from place to place. There's new beginnings when it comes to just uh, different stages of life. Every year, really, is a new beginning, correct? Every year is a, is a fresh start, is a way to go, you know what, I want this year to be better than the last year. And, and also, every day can be a new beginning, can it? I mean, every day, and here's the million-dollar question, is with all these new beginnings in life, how can we make the next time better than it was the last time? How can we make the next job, the next relationship, the next year, the next day, the next season of life better than the last one? And we took a look first week, we took a look at different myths that there are. And the first myth we said is, is this, it's the myth of just going through the experience, the experiential myth. And it's saying just because we've gone through something means we're going to learn from that. Just because we've gone through something something, that means we're going to have a lot of wisdom the next time we face anything like that. And we say, no, 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 you can go through something and not have gain any wisdom in it whatsoever. It's, it's examined experience that makes the difference. It's when we take a look and we go, God, what do you want me to learn from the last thing? What do you want me to learn from over here that I can bring over, over here? What did I do wrong? What could I do better? What did I do right? What can I, how can I make this one an upgrade from over here? It's when we examine it, that's where it changes. And also there's the myth that says, uh, just because I know now what to do or I know not what not to do, therefore I'm automatically going to do it. And we all know that's not the truth, right? Because there's things that we knew that we shouldn't do or that we should do, and we haven't done. There's going to be some action involved. In order to go from here to here, even though we know what to do or what not to do, we need to make some actions. We need to take some decisions. We need to take some steps in order to do that. The third myth that we said was, the, uh, was just the, uh, the, the experience of, of that. Sorry that, what's the third one? Man, sorry. <laughs> that time is our enemy. And time isn't our enemy, time's our friend. And the difference between whatever it is, days, weeks, months, years, between here and there, this is where God works sometimes the best. This is where sometimes God just does some amazing things in the, in the middle of this. So time isn't your enemy, it's your friend. And the last time we took a look at, we said, okay, with that circle of blame, go ahead and throw that up there. With the circle of blame, this is saying what went wrong the last time, all right? Here's, the, here's what went wrong. And we may say, you know what, 100% of it was my fault. I was responsible for all of this. Or we could say, go ahead and do this, that, you know, that 50%, that the other person, the other group, the other whatever it is that had the problem, that that, that is, uh, you know, that that is part of it, but also there's my responsibility as well. And then we could do, you know, 95%. We could say, really, I really believe that 95% is the other person's fault, but there's 5% that was my fault. And then it's, it's that 5% that is really, really crucial in our life. Because if we don't own that 5% or 50% or 80% or whatever it is, then what we're going to do is we're going to smuggle the junk from this job, from this relationship, from this season of life into this season of life. 
We're going to smuggle our bad decisions. We're going to smuggle our, our, our stupid way to handle finances. We're going to snug, smuggle in our, our mommy issues or our daddy issues or our control problem or our, our anger problem or our habits or our addictions or whatever it is that's, that was over here that, that caused a problem, our part of it. We need to own that or we're going to smuggle it over here and hurt our relationship and hurt our new beginning. But then also what we need to do now, today, we're going to take a look at that other percent the other person's responsibility, the other group's responsibility, whatever that is. We're going to take a look at at that today because also if we don't deal with that, we're going to allow that group or that person or that whatever in order to to poison our relationship or or our new beginning as as well. You know, one thing that they used to do, Romans were were pretty notorious for, for, you know, torture and murder and things like that, for the way they killed people. Obviously, it was the, you know, the cross was a, was a Roman thing that they did. But also, there's something that they did is they would strap a carcass to a live human being, and that was a death penalty for that person. And, and imagine that. Imagine, first of all, that you're lugging this thing around, but also, can you imagine the stench after a while? And can you imagine what, what, what happened after that was the poison from that decomposing body would now start to go into your body as well, and it would eventually kill you. If we do not deal with our bitterness, if we don't deal with our struggle, with our unforgiveness, with whatever it is towards that other person, towards the other group, we're going to bring that stench into our new whatever. We're going to bring that poison, their poison, into the new, the new whatever as, uh, as well. And, and, you know, here's a couple of questions that I had. Is first of all, just as we look at that, how long do you intend to carry the pain from your past and allow it to poison your future? Or here's another question. Will you allow, uh, how long will you allow the, the people who mistreated you to continue to impact and influence your life Now, how long will it be? Will it be days? Will it be weeks? Will it be months? Will it be years? Will it be a whole whole generation? Will it be your whole life? Will, Will you allow it to go from one generation and pass it on to the next generation? How long will you allow that bitterness to, uh, to, to go? And some of you may say, you know, well, I didn't plan for any of it to, to happen. But if we do not deal with it, we just go on with life, and then we wonder why we have the attitude problem. Then we wonder why we have the control problem. Then we wonder how, why we can't trust anybody. Then we wonder why we have our emotional walls up, uh, up everywhere. Until we deal with it, that thing can infa- infect us, that thing can poison us, that thing can stink up, whatever the new beginning uh, is. And here's the, the good news in, in this, is we don't have to allow it to do that. And we've seen people who did not allow that to happen. You and I have seen people that, that you look at their life, and it's not a perfect life, and they don't handle everything perfect. They're human and everything. But man, they've got this character, and they've got this joy. They've got this peace. They've got this thing that's just... And, then, and you think, man, they've never had a problem whatsoever. I mean, how could you be so happy and joyful and everything? Uh, they must never have had any struggle. And then you hear their story, and you're going, man, I mean, they've been through junk. I mean, they have been through hell. And you're going, how in the world are you this happy over here, this joyful, this character, when you've gone through this? And if, you, and, and if you're like me, you, ask, you, know, you say, God, I want to be like them when I grow up. That doesn't mean I want to go through what they've gone through, but I want to handle stuff, and I want to be on the other side like they're on the other side. And if you ask them, if you were to poll them and say, how did you do it? What did you do? And I've polled many of them. Here's what they almost always say. They always, there's a time where they decided. There's a time where they said, no more. 
There's a time where they said, you know what, I'm not going to let the past determine my future. There was a time that they said, I'm going on with life. I'm not going to let the past affect what's going to take place from here, on, from here on out. So there's this great passage of, of Paul exactly tells us what to do in order to go from, uh, from this into a better future. How do we deal with that stuff? How do we deal with the other person's junk? Not just our junk, but the other person's junk in order to have a better future. And if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 26. And listen to this. It says, and, do not, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. And let's unpack that for a second. The first thing it says is don't sin by letting anger control you. And it's actually, those are, those are two imperatives in the, in the Greek. It says, uh, be angry, don't sin. Be angry, don't sin. And that's how they translate that into to that. And some people are in here going, okay, the Bible tells me I should be angry. So, okay, that's cool. Finally, I have some, you know, reason to do that. But that's not what it's talking about. Here, first of all, there are things we should be angry about, aren't there? There's some things that should anger us, uh, us in life. When people are dying of malnutrition, that should, that should anger us. When babies are, are, are being killed, when, when people are being sexually exploited, that should anger us. When people are going into a Christless eternity, that should make us angry. But the thing is, a lot of times we're angry about the things we shouldn't be angry about, and the things we should be angry about, we're not angry about. But I love the fact that it makes a commandment, be angry, but don't sin. You you know what that's telling us? That's telling us that we can control our anger, that even though we may be angry as anything, we may be absolutely angry, but that doesn't mean that it has to control us. We can control it. And the other thing is it says, it says don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now, I love this, too, because some of you and many of you are living this out literally. You, this is something that you, you take hold of you, and this is a principle that you've applied to your life, to your marriage. And maybe this is, you know, you, there's, anytime there's a spat, a spat between you and your, your spouse, anytime there's a spat between you and your, your children or you and your parents or you and your brother and sister or you and your friends, you go, you know what, I'm not going to go to sleep until we resolve this. I'm not going to make this fester to during the night and dwell on it and it just grow and grow and grow. We're going to deal with this before we go to sleep. And that's a great thing to do. That's a great habit to, to do straight out of the Word of God. But there's other times that let's just face it. One night, you know, dealing with, you can't deal with it in, uh, before, before sunset, right? There's some issues that are too big to do that. And he asked the question, okay, then how long are you going to allow how, are you, how many days are going to go by? How many weeks are going to go by? How many months or years are going to go by? And then he gives this word, he says, don't give the devil a foothold. And I want to take a look at two words. First of all, the word foothold. And when I think about foothold, I think about mountain climbers, rock climbers. And a lot of my friends growing up in Colorado were rock climbers. They are just a different breed, man. They are. I mean, they're just, they are just different. Because like something that they would do is while the rest of us are trying to do regular pull-ups and doing push-ups and things like this, they'd be doing fingertip push-ups and they'd be grabbing the little door jars, you know, above the doors, and they'd be doing fingertip pull-ups on that to strengthen not only their muscles, their, their, their biceps, but also strengthen their fingers as well. They're just a different breed. And something, uh, one time, one of my friends in college was an elite, an elite rock climber, and he's going to teach me how to do this. So I'm on the side of a mountain, side of a cliff, okay? I'm over like this, and he's down at the bottom yelling at me for what I'm supposed to do next. So I'm here, I am completely stuck, and he goes, all right, now take your right foot, all right, my right foot, and put it above your right hand. What? 
You know, and I said, and I literally shouted out to him. I said, "All right, for those of us who are not Gumby, what am I supposed to do now? Put your right foot above your right hand. Who can do that?" And so, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, but Bobby Dion, our associate pastor, uh, was an elite rock climber. I mean, an elite, an elite rock climber. And something, go ahead and show that picture up there. Something about rock climbers that you know is all they need is one handhold, one foothold, and they can conquer an entire mountain one foothold at a time. You know, the word for foothold there is really, really a powerful word. It's the word tap on. And what it means is this, that it means it's a field that you buy in order to build on. It's a license. It's an opportunity. It's an arena. And do you realize what that's saying? It's saying when we remain bitter, we are giving people a place to stay. We're giving them a license to stay. We're giving them the opportunity, and we're giving them the arena in order to stay permanently and affect our, our, our life. That's an incredible thing, isn't it? And, and so... So um, what is that? So it, it, he also says what he does not say. He could have used the word Satan here. Don't let Satan do that. And Satan, we know who, who Satan is. Even if you've never grown up in church, you know who Satan is. He's, he's God's arch enemy. He's not God's equal. It's not the light side of the force and the dark side of the force and wonder who's going to win. The, he's, he was an, an angel who, who fell, and now he is our arch enemy. He is God's arch enemy, and he is bent on destruction. We know that. He's, his name is mentioned 53 times in, in Scripture, uh, 18 times in the Old Testament, 35 times in the New Testament. It is a Per, a, a personification. It is a real being that uh, a fallen angel who now trying to whoop up on us. But he doesn't use the word there. He used the words diabolus. And for for Hispanic, it's you know where you get the diablo, right? For 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 the devil. And but it literally means there's not a natural word for that, like Satan. It's not a. It's a title. It's not a name. Uh, and the title is the, it literally means the deceiver or the one who who slanders, the one who 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 connives that sort of thing, and and so it's the actual word capital you know of a title there or of a name there is never used for the devil. We know that it's talking about that, and many times that's how it's translated. Most times that's how it's translated, but it can also mean simply it's translated sometimes deceiver or uh, or one who who fabricates. And so when you think about that, think about that with what we just read, and maybe we can do something with this. this. We can go, and don't sin by letting, by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, and don't let... Now, put the name of that person who's hurt you. Name the group that's hurt you, and sat, don't give them a foothold. Don't give them a foothold. Do you realize what Paul's saying here? Paul is saying this, that I don't care what kind of future you want in this world. I don't care what kind of future you're, you're expecting. or You may want the best, but if you're letting the person, if you're still dwelling on hostility, if you're still dwelling on bitterness and everything, no matter what you want, this person is going to affect your life. And what you're really doing, imagine this, what you're doing is allow that person to come into your life and build a home. And that person to come in, and you're giving them a license, you're giving them a legal right to come into your home and into your heart and to, to mess up your future. You're giving them the opportunity. You're giving them the ability to do that. You're giving them a right that, that we don't really want to do with the people who have already, who have already hurt us. And let's go, go on. We'll skip down a few verses, and it says, verse 31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And it says, what are we supposed to do with that junk? All that junk. He's saying, let it go. 
Just like when you go and you have the stinkiest garbage in your house and it's just smelling up the whole place, there's no problem with letting it go. And God is saying, that is what it's going to do to you. That's what happens, so just let it go. And this is a good thing. That means there's something we can do about it. It's a commandment. And if it's a commandment, that means we have a choice in this matter. We can either hold on to it or we can let it go. We can let it uh, uh, totally affect our life or we don't have to. And this is good news. That means you don't have to be a victim anymore. That means, that means also that, that you can go on with life. That means, uh, it means also that the pain can be released. The pain, you don't have to carry that pain from one, one part of life to another part of, of life. And look at the next word it says, get rid of, it says the word all bitterness. And think of that. Any bitterness is too much bitterness in our life. Any bitterness is too much bitterness. But let's go on. Any rage is too much rage. Any rage that's in your, in your life and expressed in your life is too much rage. Any anger, uh, inappropriate anger is too much anger. Any harsh words, can you imagine if we just lived that out in our families, in our relationships, that any harsh words that we ever put to another person is too many harsh words. And any slander that we ever give about another person is too much, is too much slander. And here's the wild thing about forgiveness. And tell me if this isn't true that sometimes we harbor bitterness, we harbor a, a animosity towards somebody, and the chances are, so many times, they've already gone on with life. I mean, they're fine. They don't even give you another thought. They don't even give the situation another thought. And we're letting that person who's not giving you another thought anymore, we're letting that person control us from, the, uh, from, that, point, from that point on. And the other thing is, uh, is, too, is think about this. That person can't give back to you what they took from you in almost any situation. I mean, unless it's money, they can't pay you back for what they took from you. You can't pay back your childhood. You can't pay back your innocence. You can't pay back the, the job that they, they took you away from. They, they, you can't give, give, give back the, the reputation that they've taken from you. You can't give back whatever it is. And here's the weird thing. What our society says is this. Our society says if somebody, the, the way to get over bitterness is for that person finally someday to come up to you and say, I'm sorry, and I blow it, and forgive me. That's the way you get rid of bitterness. And, and, and God's saying, why would we possibly want to wait on that person to, 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 be, you know, to be subject to them for whether we, they do that or, or not? And the thing is, too, they may come up to you. And it is really cool when somebody comes up to you and says, sorry, forgive me, you know, I, I blew it and everything. But we can receive that, we can hear that, and we can still be bitter, can't we? We can still go, I still don't like, I, you know, I still have this bitterness towards you, even though they come up and do that. So the last thing we want to do is make it, you know, that them, their part of it, that they still control us in that, uh, in that way. And, and so, and something else, so here's, it tells how we get rid of bitterness. Somebody's hurt us. How do we get rid of that? Here it is in Ephesians. It says this, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Here's the word. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Don't miss that. He says, according to God, our freedom, our, the, the way we're going to have a good, fresh start, all hinges on whether we forgive or not. Imagine that. So in, in what forgiveness is not, okay? Forgiveness isn't saying what they did was okay. Forgiveness isn't saying what they did was, you know, didn't hurt you. Forgiveness is not saying that that person, you immediately have to trust that person and bring that person in your life uh, again, and it, that's not what that's saying. What the word for forgive means, it literally means to pardon in the Greek. 
It is saying this. It's like when a judge, when a judge pardons somebody, they're not saying what the person did was, wasn't wrong. In fact, what they're really doing is you're as guilty as sin, but I'm releasing you anyway. What a pardon means is we release. Even though the person is guilty, it's releasing the, the person. And here's the thing. When a judge pardons somebody, it's that person that is being set free, right? It's that person who is free. But when we forgive somebody, when we choose to forgive somebody, who's the one that's really set free? It's us, right? In fact, come ahead and let's have the, 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 the actors come up here for a, for a second. And I'm gonna, we're going to give, the Bible says this in Job 18.4, you're only hurting yourself when you're angry. Hear that. When we're angry with somebody, it's, it's really the person that we're hurting. We're not hurting them. We're going to be hurting ourselves. It's like swallowing, you know, swallowing broken glass and expecting the other person to die. That's what it is. And, and so I'm going to give a pretty extreme uh, illustration here. Now imagine, first of all, <laughs> It's like, it's like I should never have had Beachy to do this because he can never not smile. So even though he's being drug around, he's still going to smile no matter what happens. But imagine that, 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 that Bobby hurt Beachy, okay? That Bobby hurt him, and he's, and he's even whether he's intending to or not intending to, he's dragging him around, right? Uh, he may have forgotten about it a long time ago, but, he, but Beachy still has him, and he's still affecting him. And wherever he goes, he's taking him into his future with him. So what does he have to do? He has to, in order to be set free, he has to set Bobby free. So go ahead, and if we, as long as he does that. So he's setting Bobby free here. And when he sets Bobby free, who's the real one that he's setting free? He's setting himself free. And just a little, thank you, actors. Thank you. For, yeah. <laughs> Now, if Paul, if Paul just stopped there, if Paul just stopped and said, you know what, you need to forgive other people, we'd be going, a lot of times we'd be going, man, you don't know what that person did. You have no idea what that person did to me. How in the world could I forgive that, uh, that person? But it's the second thing that Paul says here. Listen to this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And you know what God's saying here? Paul's saying, he's, he's saying this. He's saying, I know that person hurt you. I know that person betrayed you. I know that they broke their covenant with you. I know that they stabbed you in the back. I know what they stole from you. But when you think about it in response to what God has forgiven you for, it's not that big of a deal. Think about what God has forgiven us for. Every bad thought we've ever had, God's forgiven us for that. And every bad thing we've ever said, every one of them, God has forgiven us for that. Every bad thing we've ever done, God's forgiven us. Everything that we should have done that we didn't do, God has forgiven us for that. Every commandment we have ever broken, every time we've ever broken it, God's forgiven us for that. And in light of that, how hard is it to forgive other, other people who have done, you know, nothing in comparison to, to, uh, to that, no matter what it has? And, you know, there's a, uh, there's a person in, in one of our young adults that works with our youth that just gave an incredible testimony a few weeks ago. And she just gave a perfect example. She had every reason to be offended. She had every reason to be hurt. She had every reason to hold the grudge. She had every reason. And we'd say, absolutely, man, you are, you are totally in your right to be bitter because of that happened. And she started reading these verses that we just read right now. 
And she read this, and it was, to, and it was the part about God, forgive others as you've been forgiven. And she realized, man, I've been forgiven so much. And in light of that, what is this what the other person has done? And I'm telling you, when she did that, she was set free. It, it had a huge effect on their relationship, had a huge effect on the entire group. It was an amazing, amazing thing, all because she chose to do the right thing, all because she chose to forgive. She was the one that was, uh, that was set free. And remember the, the pie chart last week. So here's what we have to do. Okay, so last week we took a look. What part was mine? And we took responsibility for that, and we, did, and we did business with that. But this time what I want you to do, think about that other person or the other group. You know, that other group, it could be a, it could be a race. It could be a whole gender. It could be somebody that hurts you. It could be a church that hurts you. It could be a, you know, whatever, a, a, a business that hurts you. It could be a person that hurts you or people that have hurt you. Whatever that is, just name them in your heart. Just name them. Put that down. Think about that person or think about those, those things. And, and, and know what piece of the pie was their piece of the pie. It may have been 5% is all. It may have been 50-50. It may have been 95% their, uh, their fault. Say it. Put, put, give them a description of that. Now, now here's the, the thing, too, is, is also list specifically what they've done to you. Because sometimes you can do this. Sometimes you can forgive generally and go, God, forgive them. But, uh, but, but then we've never dealt with the real issues and the real situations. And maybe you've forgiven somebody and go, you know what, I still have bitterness, even though I chose to forgive that person. And maybe it's because you chose to forgive them generally, but you did not choose to forgive them specifically and go, this is what they did. And write that down. This is what they did. This is how it affected me. Because something you may find out is, is that maybe you've protected that person or those people a lot in your heart. And maybe you go, you know what, it really did hurt. And it really was a, a, a big deal. But live specifically there. And I'm telling you, as you write this down, as you do that, there's probably going to be some emotion that comes, that comes out. And it's probably some things. But here's the third thing. Let it go. Let it go. Because otherwise, you're going to let them hold you and drag you into to your future. And that poison and that, that junk is going to go with you into the next thing. And we don't want that. How? We certainly don't want, as a thinking person, you don't want the person who's hurt you before to grab a baseball bat and here, do this again. Do it again. I'm giving you a license to come back in my life, to stay in my life, and to continue hurting me time after time. I am releasing you so that I can be released and I can be set free. And also know this, it affects our relationship with God. God says, if we forgive, we'll be forgiven. And there's this, per, you know, the, Leonardo da Vinci, we're very aware of him and we're very aware of, of perhaps his, his most famous uh, piece of art besides Mona Lisa is, is the, the Last Supper. And there was a time that he was, he was when he was drawing that, when he was uh, making, creating that, there was a person that he had a huge fight with. I mean, huge fight. He hated this guy. This guy hated him. And he was also a fellow artist. And so what he did is he decided when he was painting Judas, who do you think's picture he drew on there? And he thought this was, man, this is great because so for, for now on, when anybody ever sees this picture, they're going to look at that, they're going to know who that is, and they're going to know that that's Judas right there. But here's the problem with that, that when he went to paint Jesus, he couldn't paint the face of Jesus no matter how hard he tried. And he put down his, his, the, the brush and he went and he reconciled with that person. And he said... I forgive you, please forgive me. And it was when he did that that he was able to come back and he was able to, to paint, to change the face of Judas into something else 
But then also, then and only then, was he able to, uh, to paint the face of Jesus Christ. If we could bow our head and close our eyes. God, we thank you that you are all about freedom. We thank you that you have a great future in store for us and a great new beginning starting right now. And so, God, we break whatever we've done, whatever our part of that. We don't want to smuggle that into our future. And, God, we don't want to smuggle in our resentment or our bitterness either. We don't want any person or any people who've hurt us in the past to affect us in the, in the future. So, God, right now, we choose by choice to forgive that person. Everything that they've done, everything that they failed to do, we release them. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to say this too, is just that there's one thing to say, God, I forgive them. And it's a whole other thing. This is what separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls right here is to say, God, I'm asking that you forgive them too. I'm asking that you treat them the way you treat me. (laughs) I'm asking that you, even though they've hurt me, God, for you to treat them the way you treat me. Because man, when we do that, there's a freedom that comes. I felt I'm supposed to say this too. I, I really believe that there was a time when somebody hurt me and it almost like felt like God was giving me a choice and saying, you know what? I will go after them if you want me to. Or I release them and I set them free and I'm going to bless them. And it's your choice which one I'm going to do. But, but know this, that no matter what you say about that to them, I'm going to do the same with you. And so, God, we can say bless them. Even though, God, they've hurt us. And God, as we set them free, thank you, God, that you're going to set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.